Hello. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Connected. With growing distrust, polarization, and fractured media, public confidence in both private and public institutions, businesses, and thought leaders are at historic lows. In a recent fireside chat at Marketing Interactive's PR Asia conference, Richard Edelman, CEO of global communications firm Edelman, tells Editor-in-Chief Razwana Manjar why PR professionals are at the forefront of restoring reason, fostering responsibility, and leading reassurance. Richard also shares his thoughts on the future of PR agencies in the age of the shrinking publisher landscape and whether traditional storytelling is dead. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for joining us today and a very good morning to you. Well, thanks for having me. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Let's see how I do. There's one question that I personally have been always wanting to ask you, and that's something I'm going to get out of the way, which is how do you remain independent for so many years? I mean, the offers must have been interesting. I think I read somewhere when you uh, joined your dad, there was an offer by DDB back then, which was the heyday of advertising. But you guys stuck to your guns. You remained independent. So how do you do it? Well, um, I think the most important thing to both my father and me was uh, the work. It wasn't the money. And also, we really felt that um, PR firms needed to uh, chart their own course, that uh, we didn't want to be the junior partner in the big uh, company. And I think what you see is that uh, our strategies actually worked. You know, when um, we were getting all these offers, we were the number seven firm, and now we're the number one firm. And it's partly because we're able to grow the definition of what Edelman is. We're a communications firm now, not just a PR firm. We have one quarter of our total personnel in data, in digital, in uh, creative, in planning, in influencer. And uh, if we were part of a holding company, I think that would be a lot harder. And also we've invested for the last seven years, adding 1500 people in this areas. There's no way with the margin impact that that would have happened in uh, in a holding company. So we've evolved because we've stayed private and family owned. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on some of the points that I wanted to raise in this uh, discussion. Uh, First of which is that your ambition was to build an infrastructure that made you global, which you clearly have done. And now we're seeing Edelman absolutely offer more services than just PR. You're pivoting to communications and marketing. I guess my question then is, where's that ambition going, given that there are already so many marketing firms which are established and powerful? And how will you carve out a niche for Edelman in this rather cluttered space? So I think we have a very important uh, difference, which is the thesis that trust drives growth. You know, we've been doing the trust barometer for 21 years, and we find that given events of the last few years, it's never been more relevant to employees who are now empowered, to consumers who are exercising brand democracy, to investors who are looking at whether companies are meeting ESG targets. So in fact, trust as the thesis is really very powerful. And so we actually believe that uh, companies that want to act as opposed to just communicate will come to Edelman because we understand the full dimension of the challenge. Like you mentioned, data is a key focus for Edelman, but many might argue that PR and creative companies have long struggled in this arena, probably because of the nature of the business, whereas media agencies have always set on a wealth of data. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we're actually going to take data from multiple sources. Um, we're going to look at the obvious, which is 
the impact of, of our work into the media environment. But now we're also looking at uh, consumer transactions. We're looking at uh, employee data. We did such an interesting study with Microsoft um, about five months ago that actually predicted that the great uh, revolution in employment, that a lot of people were going to quit um, in mm. the wake of the pandemic, that they were going to reconsider because Microsoft allowed us um, access to, you know, everything from the public, which was sort of linked in things, um, to the more private. Um, and we found that even at a company which was soaring, like Microsoft, there was a lot of agita um, among employees. Um, so it's our hope that um, our data feed, we have a brilliant guy, Yanni, and he's got a very strong approach on trust, which we'll be introducing in the next couple of months, uh, that enables people to measure their trust levels by country, by gender, by age, um, by income level. So we'll be able to target our programming even more closely. With business consultancy such as McKinsey, BCG, Accenture, and the likes expanding their uh, consulting services to include digital and media services, do you see them building up integrated communication services as a core offering? And what are some of the threats that are actually facing PR agencies and professionals? So I think Accenture is the one that's the most uh, risky for our category because they've uh, made a big commitment uh, through Accenture Digital with uh, Dave Droga, but that's on the brand side. On the corporate side, um, we have more incursions, which is to say McKinsey, BCG, others are trying to enter our space. And I think we have to fight back hard. I don't think we should just sit there and say, oh, well, they're superior people. They actually yeah. look at problems very differently. Um, they have a very high price point. They have a team of people who are able to think strategically, yes, but not act quickly. And mm. I've been on teams with them um, in crisis situations, et cetera. And I like that our advice is pointed, fast, and more action-oriented. Don't surrender. Not to the <laughs> consultants, not to the ad agencies. No way. We fight. You just burst to my next question. I was going to ask you if one of our um, independent agencies uh, that are listening in, if they had an offer between a network and the likes of Accenture, what should they pick? And you just told them, don't surrender. <laughs> yeah. Fight forward. I mean, we have a great prospect in the category. PR has prospered relative to advertising um, in, in this uh, most recent uh, pandemic recession. You know, mm. if you look at the numbers carefully, PR went down less and has recovered faster. And mm. uh, you'll see the numbers for this year for PR agencies uh, will be quite strong. And that's because what we do is essential. It's not optional. And it's essential because, again, we speak across the stakeholders. It's brand and corporate reputation together. And the smart ones um, recognize that in healthcare, in financial PR, in tech in particular, we are urgent in order to provide uh, connectivity um, to their people and to their customers. You know, um, to be honest, when the pandemic hit, it almost felt like PR professionals were preparing over the years for something like this, and you're kind of put to the test, right? So then what next is for PR professionals? Because you then really came into the forefront to guide the company. And now as we settle into this new way of life, what's next? Well, the first thing I'd have to say is, I think we have to go with more confidence. I think we have to go and, 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 and carry ourselves as advisors, as well as um, exec executing. That um, 
our mentality has to be strong and that we deserve to be not just at the table, but the primary advisor um, to the CMO, CCO, CEO. Uh, and in particular in Asia, you have so many family businesses and you know th these are um, operations that historically haven't used um, PR and that's a mistake. You know, they're in sustainability issues, um, they're, they're, they're in um, gender issues, and these are all deeply important to consider and be ahead of. And mm. so I, I fundamentally believe in the prospects for Asia, but it's going to be driven by more um, of, of what we do. Uh, not, you, you can't buy your way toward um, acceptance and preference. I'm wow. completely behind this idea of earning it. And you mm. earn it through action. And action is what PR firms recommend, not just take orders. We should no longer just say, yes, sir, that's what we're going to do. No, you should fight. I mean, that's the one thing I've learned most in the pandemic. We have been able to actually work with clients. Unilever, for example, in the States, we changed the song that's on the ice cream trucks that had been there for decades because we found out that it was a racist minstrel song. And we said, you have to change this. And they said, okay. And we got a guy, Riza um, from Wu-Tang Clan. You'd know more about him than I would. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he did the song in four weeks. And he had it up, we had it up on ice cream trucks in weeks after that. And so it just wow. shows you that if, in fact, you have the right idea, you can implement very quickly. Wow, that's fantastic. That's so inspiring. Thank you for that. I'm going to put you in the hot seat a little bit. I mean, because we talk about purpose so much in the marketing and PR industry. And sometimes purpose is not really aligned to commercial goals as well. I know that Edelman faced some heat recently being called out for some of the clients that you work with. And this isn't a problem that's isolated to Edelman alone, but across many different agencies and companies who are trying to help the world, but also keep their lights on. How do you find that balance and how do you deal with it? For me, it's not about the money, um, as we've already established. I know that uh, we're talking about the... Uh, sustainability issue and uh, energy sector. So two or three important points. I believe in the importance of the energy sector in order to have, particularly for Asia, we have a billion people in the world who have no access to power, light, um, therefore no internet, um, no sanitary facilities, things like this. To me, those are common rights of people. Second, I see many companies in the energy uh, industry making a transition. They've committed to net zero, um, they've endorsed the uh, methane cap um, that was just put out um, in conjunction with Glasgow. And so I want to be on a journey with those companies that are making the transition. I think it's really wrong uh, to compare that industry to others um, that um, you know, really are seen as, as not uh, good for society. Now, we're also evaluating, though, in the next uh, 60 days, we have a review of our clients what they do outside of our work uh, with us, and then um, what work we do. And so we'll be coming out on January 10th with a very thorough report. We're the first ones to issue a set of principles and actions that we're going to take. I hope other agencies use them or follow them um, because we have to be very clear about what we do. We can't be seen as doing things behind the curtain. We can't be the Wizard of Oz, and we can't be somehow surprising uh, the public. There's enough kind of contention um, about facts, and we have to make sure that our facts are right, that they're third party endorsed, uh, and that we also listen to the communities that have issues. 
I'm totally mm. open to listen to, to NGO critiques or other, but I feel very strongly that uh, we are uh, a very ethical agency, that we have done everything uh, proper uh, to date, um, but you'll come out um, on January 10th with a report that gives you even further information. We're definitely looking forward to that. But one might argue that Edelman has that backing and the years of experience to actually reject certain types of clients that they might not see fit with the DNA that you're trying to build or have established. But not a lot of other PR agencies, especially newer ones popping up in the market, have the same luxury. What advice would you have for them? Recognize that your reputation is everything and that um, you are judged by the uh, company that you keep and that uh, you should do not only for whom, but the kind of work you do should be at the highest end. Uh, we can't have any more Bell Pottinger kind of uh, situations where there's kind of the black arts of behind yeah. the scenes and some uh, uh, undermining democracy in that case. Um, uh. That just doesn't work. And then it blackens our industry um, for the rest of, of time. And, and we, we, are, we are really on a good place. We're really coming. And you know, we, we're going to be defined by the least of us, not by the best of us, unfortunately. So I really urge all of us to have a very high ethical standard. I want to talk about the Edelman's trust barometer for a bit. I love it. I mean, I use it all the time. It's been around for 20 years. And I think I read somewhere, fun fact, that it started when some NGOs actually burst into the WTO meeting to protest globalization. I don't know if that's true, but I found that really interesting. It is true. Okay. Wow. Um, now, now, over the years, that's helped many of us understand where consumer trust lies. Uh, and we've also seen that trust in the media has declined immensely and has been uh, disrupted quite a fair bit. So what is the role of the media then as we look forward to the future? And what role does PR play in helping media gain its trust? So media is like an airplane running out of uh, fuel. It was going along, slowly going down, and now it's really going down quickly. And I think social media has been an anchor uh, around the ankles of media because it's actually worsened the situation in several ways. One, the mainstream media is trying to increase its social credibility so that it gets more heat. Hmm. That leads to stories that may be a little bit to um, one side or the other, as opposed to down the middle. Also, I think the media is now confronted with a... Um, real crisis of economics. You know, the number of reporters in many markets has been reduced by 50%. Yeah. So what you see is more people going on Substack or more people, you know, starting things like uh, Politico or, 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 you know, newsletters. So the, the major point is the role for PR has to change. We have to move from being advocates to looking actually at the full set of facts and presenting those in a way that people can make quality decisions. Here's the story. A lot of people are just taking social and making that the basis of their decisions. If that's the case, we better participate in social and do that in a high quality way. Mm -hmm. Too often PR firms are, are just looking in one side and we can do better than that. So do you think that brands and agencies are also contributing to the demise of the trust in media, given the rise of branded journalism uh, and branded content? Is paid media essentially causing a dip in trust in earned media? You know, I don't think so. I think that the problem is more that um, clients are supporting uh, social media that actually doesn't do a sufficient job of getting rid of disinformation. I know mm. that a lot of our clients are deeply disturbed by what they see um, in, in certain social platforms. And mm. they're actually um, being very strong in pushing back 
but that hasn't worked yet. And the reason it hasn't worked is the top, this is interesting statistic for you, for the US, the top 100 advertisers, top, top 100 advertisers account for 80% of the advertising on network TV. Those same top 100 advertisers account for 8% of Facebook revenue. Mm. So they're just not as important um, in the, that way. So my big point to you is, I do think our clients have a fundamental role to play here, but branded journalism needs to change. We have actually to make it a high quality place for information where you can track back where the story came from, who your sources are, and um, in short, also provide a place for commentary so that the third parties can add or, or the people who are reading it can say, that's not my experience, and they add to the discussion. Hmm. But on the flip side, you also see Google eating up local publisher revenue quite a fair bit, leaving uh, media players in a tough state. Should PR agencies then transition to paid media, own media, or influencer media? How should they evolve? We have no choice but to be where the consumers are. And that means um, working directly with influencers, using paid to amplify the earned, and in some cases, starting with paid, where you make a case um, in a public manner and then go to the earned media and pitch the story. So mm. we have a whole new bag of tricks in a certain way. You know, when I started, it was just pitching reporters and that was good enough. But uh, again, we have to accommodate the reality of diminished local media, diminished uh, broadcast media. And so the, the skills of, of our people though, have to accommodate to more visual storytelling short form storytelling, shareable storytelling. It cannot just be, you know, pitch the reporters. And how do you think that's kind of changed the relationship PR has with mainstream media, given that not always is it the main port of call these days, like you mentioned, uh, with the rise of social media and also netizen journalism. How has that impacted the PR profession's relationship with media, mainstream media rather? I still think we're vital to mainstream media. What, um, what I find distressing, though, is a lot of my younger colleagues don't take the time to make relationships with the media. That's a fundamental mistake, particularly when you know, you're your age. You need to make reporters your friends because over time, some of them are going to become the bosses. Um, and you know, when you're in your 50s, 60s, et cetera, you're going to rely on that relationship in order to say that story is incorrect. Those facts are wrong. Please go back and work with your reporter. because relationships are everything in what we do. Now, that's also true, though, with influencers. We have to differentiate between those who just have a lot of buzz and actually those who have credibility. So we're big about this idea of trusted influence. And mm. that, that's the nature of how we're trying to do our uh, campaigns. Fair enough. So PR professionals uh, began to learn more about social media by understanding the platform, audience, and storytelling. But as Gen Z and Gen A live in the metaverse, which we're talking about a whole lot more these days, how should PR professionals try and understand all that comes with NFTs, cryptos, and product drops? So I've been quite late to this, to be frank. Um, I was a big skeptic about crypto and NFTs, and I thought it was just this big kind of tulip bulb uh, bubble. And it still might end up being so. But here's the key point. There is an entire generation of people who want to be investors, but in a different way. And you know, they, they may you know, use the Robinhood trading platform. They may be investors in crypto. And they're 
devoted to capitalism because they like to make money, but they're not going to do it the old fashioned way, you know, through a stockbroker or anything like this. And so there is a little bit of scary about meme stocks, GameStop or AMC. Uh, and I hope people are very cautious about that. You can make a lot of money or you can get killed. But I think we all have to, as PR, so we started to take some crypto clients, for example. We were very cautious and now we believe. So I think it's a major opportunity for PR firms to work with these companies to explain, you've got to tell people how your platform works, why it's a valid economic approach and how you are guaranteeing against fraud. Is PR considered a creative service? And if so, why don't we see enough ad agencies win in PR awards? Well, if you look at the Can Lions, the ad agencies win a lot in our category. It makes me crazy. <laughs> I go there and start pulling my hair out. And uh, that's not good for someone my age. So, no, it makes me angry. I hate it. Um, so I, I don't define creative and advertising is in any way superior to PR. I actually think it's inferior. Um, I think our ideas actually prompt action. And for us, our work, for example, we did some of a program in Germany about uh, domestic violence during the lockdowns and how women had to report it and say, that's not okay. And don't just take it. And I was so proud of that. And that that's not something that's intuitive to an ad agency. I just think we have the chance to live in the real world, make sure that we're out looking around, seeing things, and then feeling free to create those ideas in a way that um, is important. I'll give you an example. We work with an Asian company called Ajinomoto, which is MSG. During the uh, pandemic, you know, um, our former president blamed uh, the Chinese uh, for uh, the disease and not through, but you know, and so sales at Chinese restaurants were plummeting. And so our creative team said, because they were out walking around Chinatown in New York and they said, oh my God, no one's going. And so they said, we have to do something. And so they got a bunch of influencers together and they did a hashtag called take out hate. And the whole idea was take out Chinese food, show that hate cannot work. And sales mm. went zooming up. So that's my point about the kind of creative that we do in PR. It's fast, mm. it sees the real world and does something about action. Wow, I love that. That is really, really inspiring. But Richard, the reality remains too often here in Asia, you see PR teams actually report to marketing teams still. What can we do to change that tide? So what I see is two things. One, we've got to empower the CCO with important information. Example, we found out going into uh, COP26 that in fact business was far less trusted than government to solve the problems of uh, environment. That's a complete contradiction to uh, what we saw in January and again in May about, in general, around the world, business is more trusted than government. So that's something the CCO can use in the corner office. Second, we have to actually work with CMOs. We have to give them quality information, give them reasons to use us that move the brand, that actually make sales, like the yeah. Ajinomoto example. What is the future of PR agencies in the age of shrinking publisher landscape? And is traditional storytelling dead? Do millennials and Gen Z and Gen A really care about storytelling with the rise of short snippets of information? I think you touched on that a little bit, um, but is traditional storytelling dead? I don't buy it. I think that um, it's a canvas. It's like a painting. 
and there are some scenes that are dark and some parts of the painting that are light and some people will focus on the the girl who's got the face and some will focus on the boy i mean we have to give a full array of communications and it's true that younger have a shorter attention span but then mm. let's make it gamified let's make it fun let's somehow um have some interruptions look i can sit and read a book for two hours that's mm. not so easy for people who maybe are younger for me that's my greatest pleasure but okay let's adapt we can do this 100 and by the way we're not buying their attention we're earning it so that means we better listen to what they need don't you feel that our industry has a peter pan syndrome where you see people getting younger and younger and we're losing a lot of great uh, talent that have experience over the years listen the fact is you have to earn your way the older you get to being um with the young and that means participating in that which they are watching and so if it's no longer the dominance of the big broadcasters or the big uh, national newspapers then figure it out um uh, if you stop growing you shouldn't continue to be at your firm you have to evolve your knowledge i mean i'll give you an example in the wake of the murder of george floyd um which was last june i had a lot of learning to do about the african american experience and it's not just going to the museum in washington for example it's sitting and listening to we have a group called grio grot it's our group within edelman of diverse uh, people and i listened to the pain and how people had been stopped on the street in the night and it's like a big bucket of cold water in your face you know i'm married to a hispanic and she's telling me all the time about the experiences she has of being discriminated against so you really have to not only read james baldwin and richard wright and 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 tenisi coats and 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 be uh, up on the literature but also you have to listen you have to talk the higher you get the more you have to be open like a sponge and learn what do you think um is going to sort of bring back the talent in the pr industry it feels like we're bleeding talent because of the tough environment that we're in as you rightly mentioned i mean the data team that you guys have you've managed to acquire some really um you know high level talent there uh but pr doesn't have the glory that it once did uh so what what's your thought how do we bring back that glory we have to sell ourselves we have to make sure that people understand that we've been the partners um when starbucks takes the straws out of the cups um or you know we've been the partners with dove on the uh, campaign for real beauty don't let ogilvy and the ad agencies take that credit that's not true and when we win an award in can for the uh, asics um campaign the endless run where we took people out to the desert um right in the height of covid and said run as long as you want it's not about winning the race it's about trying as hard as you can hmm. that's an amazing idea that's a pr idea that's an idea where we had people apply who were runners elite runners and we said come on you want to go to the salt flats of utah and run we'll bring you it's such a great easy idea but the concept is especially during the height of the disease oh my god we can do this we can run through this disease that was the symbolism it was like reading a a, a melville novel like moby dick or something the whole symbolism was powerful so yeah again we're the people who can make change too this is really important you know the world is very challenged at the moment it's challenged by 
elite versus uh, mass population, too much wealth gap. It's challenged by sustainability issues. It's challenged also by discrimination and, 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 and race issues. It's challenged on gender. Um, and again, we have to have programs that answer those. That's what's gonna make our programs distinctive. And it's gonna, it's gonna make people wanna come in our industry. If you wanna make change, I always tell people who are young, you wanna make change, come to Edelman. Don't go to an ad agency and tell stories about how nice things are. Come to Edelman, acknowledge the problem, of the world and fix them. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Marketing Connected on Spotify for more updates about the movers and shakers in the marketing, advertising, and PR industry. Marketing Interactive's annual PR awards is returning for the ninth year in 2022. Designed to discover, recognize, and reward the very best in the PR and communications industry across Southeast Asia, South Asia, as well as Australia and New Zealand, the entries are judged by an independent panel of senior client-side communications experts. Visit www.marketing-interactive.com for more details.